Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. In today's episode, we have a homily for Sunday, April 16th, 2023, which is the second Sunday in the season of Easter. We begin today with a reading from John chapter 20. John writes, When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of Christ May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, folks. Today, I'd like to begin by asking you to consider three short lists and see if you can see what they might have in common. The first list includes the first day of kindergarten, high school graduation, and then getting accepted to college or university. The second list is an interview, a job offer, and a gold watch at retirement. The third list is a first date, a marriage proposal, and then the birth of a child. Each of those three sequences represents a series of life events grounded in simple beginnings. It's funny how an ordinary event can turn into an extraordinary life-defining moment. When we start down a path, we don't always know where it will end. Often, we need some perspective to help us understand our actions, which is why they say that hindsight is twenty-twenty. When we look back on something that seemed simple at the time, we sometimes realize that it was the beginning of something much bigger than we ever realized at the beginning. Today, we read about a defining moment in the lives of Jesus' disciples. John describes a scene in which most of the disciples had gathered together in a small room. There was no indication that they were planning anything more than a simple gathering of grieving friends who were trying to take comfort in each other's company. 
John tells us that it was the first day of the week. Earlier that day, a few of Jesus' faithful disciples had discovered his empty tomb. Now they gathered together, still reeling from the events of the last few days. They were afraid of what might happen next. What would they do now? How would they go on? Unbeknownst to them, their lives were about to change again. Despite their anxiety and fear, God showed up in the person of the resurrected Jesus. They recognized the scars, the face, and the voice. Imagine the flood of emotions, joy, shame, fear, wonder, and of course hope. Wave after wave of emotion flooding their hearts and their minds. The room must have filled with questions, but it also filled with faith. They were gradually realizing that everything Jesus had predicted was coming true. As incredible as it seemed, Jesus had not simply faced trial, execution, and burial. He had overcome them. He had experienced all of those things and was now standing in their midst, talking to them. How could this experience not affect the way that the disciples understood both Jesus and the world around them? John tells us that one of the disciples named Thomas was not there for that first encounter with Jesus. When the others described what had happened, Thomas had just as many questions as the other disciples had. Thomas said that he needed physical proof. He wanted to see Jesus in person and to touch his wounds. John's description of Thomas's reaction sounds pretty ghastly, but Thomas's reaction is not unique. Do you remember how Peter and John reacted when Mary Magdalene told them that she had seen the risen Jesus in the garden? They ran to the tomb to see for themselves. They believed once they had seen the empty tomb with their own eyes. In our own modern day, how many times have we heard or even said, I'll believe it when I see it? I'm pretty sure that we all know people who only believe in what they can prove empirically through their own experiences. Asking for proof is a very natural response to things that we find hard to believe. When we think about it this way, Thomas's faith was no less sincere than any of the other disciples. Although he had asked questions, Thomas was not showing any more doubt than any of the others had. I mean, after all, they weren't talking about an everyday event. They were talking about a beloved friend who had miraculously come back from the dead. I think we have to give these first-generation disciples a bit of credit here. The story of Jesus' resurrection might be familiar to us, because we've had 2,000 years to get used to the idea. When we read about those very first disciples, people like Mary, Peter, John, and even Thomas, we are reminded that they were living these stories for the first time. This was their first Easter. They had not grown up with these stories. They were simply people who were trying to make sense of the world while they grieved the death of a friend. So what's the takeaway from this story? How does it apply to our lives? When John sat down to tell the story of Jesus' life, why was this particular story important enough to be included? 
On one hand, we see Doubting Thomas with all his questions about Jesus. But good old Thomas was not alone in either his questions or in his search for Jesus. In fact, he had good company. We see many of those same questions, not only in the other disciples, but also in our own lives. Thomas's questions actually help make him such a realistic character. The fact that scripture includes realistic stories about fallible people with genuine doubts and struggles makes both the stories and the people all the more credible. Somehow, if every person in scripture believed every word every time, these biblical accounts would be much less convincing. The heart of this story is not about whether or not Thomas had questions or doubts. Thomas's questions were only the beginning of the story and not the end. Thomas's search was not an obstacle to encountering Jesus. In fact, it was the vehicle through which that encounter happened. It's a story that has a lot more to do with God's willingness to meet us where we are and satisfy our questions. One of the most important themes of this story is that we don't have to have all the answers and that our questions are welcome. The story of Thomas and his questions reminds us that God is eager to meet us when we are searching for answers and are able to admit our own lack of understanding. Have you ever thought about what happens when we ask a question? The neat thing about questions is that they can be defining moments for us because they are very honest and very powerful. Whenever we ask a question or express a doubt, we're making ourselves vulnerable in some way. When we ask questions, we're not only in search of an answer, we're also admitting the limits of our own knowledge. Thomas and his questions remind us that God doesn't expect us to have all the answers or to be able to solve every problem on our own. To the contrary, we are encouraged to admit our own limits so that we can begin to rely more and more authentically on God. Let's pray. Eternal Father, through the resurrection of your Son, help us to face the future with courage and assurance, knowing that nothing in death or life can ever separate us from your love. This we ask through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.